Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Warriors, warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined along today with Larry Mir, Sam Gordon, and Adam Hill. You can keep up with everything we're doing, because we're still putting things out there on the interwebs, as well as in print at ReviewJournal.com. You can find all of our podcasts also on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast, and you can find any other show that you're interested in there as well from podcasts to the golden edge to vegas nation which is now daily so make sure to check out some of our other great content while you're there and while you're listening to this hit subscribe as well to follow along with everything that we post out here for the combat sports world today we're going to get into some of what's happened with recent events in light of the coronavirus pandemic sweeping the globe uh ufc 249 is one of those events right now uh technically according to Dana White, 99.9% sure that it is going to happen somewhere on this planet at some point, maybe Antarctica, maybe they're going to have actual bears outside the cage. I don't know, but we're going to hope to see that fight happen. Uh, we will not discuss the names involved in that fight, or will we? I don't know anymore where we are on that. Larry, where are we at on that? Uh, I don't think it matters by this point. <laughs> Okay. So uh, I think a lot of people said it here in Vegas at UFC 248 during the um, day of the weigh-ins that they had that this fight was going to have something happen to it. I mean, I don't think at that time anybody thought that it was going to be um, one of these fights in jeopardy because of coronavirus. But I, I think it just always with Tony and Khabib, it's always been that way. There's people putting out memes of them as old men fighting in a cage. I mean, <laughs> something that I think the fight world is hungered for but at this point adam are you just kind of for me it's just so anticlimactic right now if this fight happens or doesn't happen i don't think i can get excited till i see them touch gloves or not touch gloves or there's something that actually physically happens with them in an octagon i mean if there was going to be a fight like this that we didn't know if it was going to take place and we didn't even know where it was going to take place and we're only three weeks away it was going to be with this fight i mean this is this is the ultimate like mystery uh, involving you know two guys who have already been scheduled four times. Now we're trying to get it a fifth time, and you know the the other factor in this that is so intriguing to me, and that I every mean, of course the fight is intriguing on its own, but you know they can't push it back. It's you know it, it's not like they can delay it a week. This is the last possible weekend Nurmagomedov can fight for like the next three months, so they have no like wiggle room at all. It's got to happen. On that day, uh, Ramadan starts five days later. And, and you know, no way Nurmagomedov fights then. And then he won't be able to train for a month so that it can't happen for the next two months after that either. So it's just so crazy and so many twists and turns to this fight. So it just... It just had to be this fight that we had to have a, a mystery like this around. And I don't know if a lot of people understand what Ramadan is, but during the time of Ramadan, 
Habib is going to have to fast. He's not allowed to go um, do much activity at certain times of the day. It's part of the religion. It's part of what he believes in. And he's very devout about this. And it's he's circled all of his fights uh, throughout time around his religion and things that he can and can't do. So uh, this is, like you said, Adam, it's very pressing for this event to happen. But do you feel like, I mean, Sam... You're somebody, I know you are covering boxing, but you're involved with all the combat sports as well. When you look from the outside looking in, do you feel like with Dana White saying that he wants a mega event, that he wants to put on the biggest event and the baddest event with a whole bunch of other fights on top of just Habib and the, and the Tony fight as the main and on top of what the UC 249 card was already supposed to be, do you feel like that's kind of pushing the envelope here and the times that we're living in? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, it definitely, um, but, but if he's looking at it as like, this is his chance to kind of captivate the entire country and, and maybe build his brand uh, even beyond, you know, your your classic UFC kind of casual combat sports fan. So it, it does seem a little bit uh, extreme just given the climate of, of the coronavirus and, and with, with everything, you know, the situation we're in. But if he can pull it off, I can see it being a tremendous uh, benefit to the UFC like long term uh, because, because, I mean, it's, if it is a, as tremendous of a card as he hopes it, it is, and depending on what we get, uh, I think those, that this is the type of event that can draw in casuals just because, I mean, what else are we watching? There's nothing going on right now. So I think he's looking at that market and that's something he wants to exploit right now. And it, it makes, from a business perspective, it makes sense. I'm not sure it's, if it's the most sensitive, um, I, I don't want to use the word ethically, but, you know, like you said, just given everything that's going on. But if it's feasible and he can do it, like, why not? I guess, right? Yeah, um, I wish that in my perfect world that is just the main event. That's all I want to see, like how they did when they brought in Junior Dos Santos and the Cain Velasquez fight with Fox when they first had the big show. They had uh, all the card on a different thing. And then the, the last hour was set for Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, though that didn't really pan out too well for the UFC with it ending in under 60 seconds in the first round. But I think in a perfect world, we have tests for these two guys anybody else that's going to be in the area um you keep it to under 10 people by just having let's say dana a referee the three judges the two fighters they each get a single corner man and then for the camera people you put them on like 20 foot boundaries outside i mean there's cameras that can get all of this kind of stuff if you put them at the right distance apart from each other and then outside in a separate area you have your physician you have anybody else that needs to help and tend to the fighters as far as getting them warmed up and going through all their physical stuff that needs to happen with the commission that's that's my perfect world but i i think dana's perfect world is to make make uh, some more money and to keep feeding the sport machine that we have uh, with, you know, people having a hunger right now for watching something with everything else. I mean, baseball's opening day just passed us by. And it's like one of those days, I think for a lot of people has always been kind of had an arrow nostalgia, if you will. So um, Larry, do you think that that's something that they could make it work out when you think about logistics of what needs to happen for a fight card? I mean, how with all this 10 people stuff, do you make this fight go off smoothly? I mean, it, it's kind of like of what Sam was saying. It's, uh, you know, do you take the uh, seriousness of what's going on or do you, you know, why not? Why not do it? It'd be nice to have something to take all our minds off of all the craziness going on. But then again, too, you're risking the safety of the people that are there fighting and the people that are possibly, you know, officiating and stuff like that. So I, I think it all matters in how the state of the country and like 
what the state of, you know, the health of everybody is at that point, if he should do it or not. But it'd be nice to, to have something going on. Um, you know, they, they said that the draft is going to continue still. So that's kind of like a nice thing that take everyone's mind off um, of things. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's possible at this moment, but it, it'll be nice to see if he tries to do it still. Yeah, Adam, I mean, Dana White's somebody who seems really hell-bent on making this happen. Uh, 99% sure, as I mentioned in the beginning, that this does happen. Uh, the areas that I've heard discussed, as we heard uh, Brett Okamoto say on ESPN, was possibly this happens um, over in the UAE, uh, somewhere in Abu Dhabi or something. So uh, I've also heard Russia thrown around as a possible location. Where do you think or what have you heard the buzz being on where this will take place? Yeah, I mean, everybody is everybody's looking at the UAE and and a location in the Middle East as a very possible spot to do it, just because they've been so aggressive in trying to make events happen uh, over the years, and and I think it would make some sense to do that. Uh, I I just keep coming back to Florida being a potential location, and it's so bizarre to think that because it doesn't seem like this could happen in the U.S. But Florida, uh, even though they are seeming to be close to, you know, kind of having a, a major outbreak there. And, and, you know, it's a very tense situation in Florida. They just had an event and, I, you know, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but it was a very small show that, that just went on there. So they're not really going to fight it. And I know Florida's governor uh, has been very, you know, hesitant to put in a lot of measures that a lot of the other states have. Uh, and, and then I think, the, the relationship that Dana has and that uh, the state government in Florida has with Donald Trump, who is a resident of Florida, uh, Donald Trump clearly wants business to get back to being done. And this would be a good way to say, hey, this is happening in Florida. Dana's relationship with Donald Trump is one that I think he would work with him on something like that and say, hey, we're going to go do this in Florida. Uh, we'll show the world that, that you can still do events. I just think the, the momentum is building a little bit there. Uh, and and I, I, the the danger that you have, like I said, is that if there's you know some of those prediction models out there that are telling you know a lot of people that Florida is kind of the next spot that you know is going to be a hot zone, uh, it would be really really dangerous for the UFC to say, hey, Florida's our spot, and then a week from now everything changes there. So there's a lot of things that are going into this decision. Uh, I know that they are getting some fighters ready. Uh, to try to put the card together. Francis Ngannou said yesterday that he had uh, a coronavirus test done uh, to make sure that he could you know, potentially fight on this card and get ready for that. So they're trying to build the card in whatever way they can, um, and we'll see what they end up doing. It's just there's so much that goes into this, and uh, th they'd be taking a real chance that nothing's going to happen in the next you know, two weeks uh, to impact that because if you are going to be out there and saying, we're doing this, we're doing this, nobody's going to stop us, you don't want to go to a place that potentially could have to stop you. So um, that's that's going to be an issue too. But I do think part of it is absolutely um, they need the revenue. They need to get you know revenue coming back in to take care of some of the debt that they have and uh, fulfill some of those obligations. So they're really aggressive in trying to make the event happen. They also want to help out. Uh, you know, Dana wants to help out his friend Donald Trump and say, "Hey, we're doing this, and you know, you want business to go forward. We're having business go forward. All those things are factors." and why the UFC is going to do this. And, and to your point about putting on a one-fight card, which I think is uh, something that they should also look at, I think that that would be maybe the the prudent move if you're going to put on a card, make it just that main event. I think that they 
you know, that would kind of go against the message they're trying to send of, hey, you can go do business as usual. If you're saying, hey, we're only going to be able to put on one fight, that's kind of saying, you know, we got stopped a little bit. And that's not something that they like to admit. No, and I think, too, a lot of these fighters, like I know Francis Ngannou got tested for COVID-19. He came up negative. So I know a lot of these fighters right now who may be participating on this card are actually going through the steps to make sure that this is uh, safely done, I guess, as best as it can be. But just with everything happening right now, it just seems a little nuts to put on. Let's say uh, he's saying it'd be biggest and baddest. So I'm, I'm guessing that means like 16 fights I, I think he would put a number on it there because i don't think you can do much more with any commission beyond um 16 as far as having extra fights on a card but i, I mean i just i just don't know how this comes off safely and and works out best for everybody involved as far as the athletes. So we'll keep you posted with everything happening on UFC 249. And that again, supposedly happening April 18th. Uh, we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed to see what comes of this event. I know a lot of people have been just dying to see Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson together in an octagon actually fighting. So we'll see if that happens and we'll keep you apprised of any updates that we have. But right now, let's step away, take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another guy who's doing everything as big and bad as he can. And that is John Jones, who got himself into some trouble here in Albuquerque. We're going to talk about everything that we know about that and also the postponement of the Olympics, what it means to boxing and some other big things here in the boxing world. So we'll be right back here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with Larry Mears, Sam Gordon, and Adam Hill. We're talking all things happening in your combat sports world. And you can find us again on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast for all these episodes, which are free to download. So make sure to give us a, a subscribe where you're listening as well. And we will be here for you, keeping you updated on all things happening here, which first we have to get into John Jones because the UC light heavyweight champion, if he's still holds that title as of right now. I haven't checked my inbox to see if the UFC has sent out a statement saying that he's been stripped of his title, but John Jones getting himself yet again into hot water. Uh, I believe this would mark I want to say the fifth incident that he's had uh, as far as getting himself into some hot water and trouble that we know of. Uh, I mean, he had the DUI back in New York in 2012 and 2015. Um, he, he's had the another incident there where he hit the woman uh, with the she was pregnant, he broke her arm, and then he left the scene, and then the cocaine positive test, he's had the test where he's been positive for turbinol um, and other banned substances, and then you know, we hear this, where John Jones has a gun under his seat, apparently the uh, firearm was discharged, but he's denied that, and he also failed, as I believe that it said, uh, really poorly on a test, um, 
where he was taken out for the sobriety test of the car and then uh, breathed twice into a breathalyzer for over two times the legal limit. So John Jones, I just can't get out of his own way. It's really a sad thing when you see somebody with so much talent that's so good at what they do, yet they are their own worst enemy. Um, Adam, what do you make of the mess right now with John Jones and what does the UFC do? Yeah, Heidi, I think you also forgot the drag racing incidents and the strip club uh, uh, assaults on the waitress. Right, so right, right. The, yeah, the, that was 2017. Yeah, yeah, the greatest hits of, of that was 2019 with the uh, strip oh, was club. Was it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, My mistake. <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't, I can't fault you for forgetting some of John Jones' greatest hits because there's been so many of them uh, over the years. Listen, it's, this is, this, this one is, is really tough because, John Jones, as much as nobody believed it, and you know we we kind of scoffed at it as you know through the through the last couple of years, he has been so insistent that you know those things are behind him and he's matured and and everything else. And you know, yesterday in New Mexico, or I should say, two nights ago now, the the you know the stay at home order went down, the the statewide lockdown went down, and I have family there, so uh, I had been talking to them that day about it. So he's not even supposed to be out. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. Like, what are you doing? It's just, it's insane. I get everybody's getting stir crazy right now, uh, but this is, it, it's ridiculous. He's sitting, you know, on, on the street, um, inside the car. There's a gunshot. The police respond within 15 seconds. He says he knows nothing about it. Uh, they do find the shell casing outside the outside his door. So clearly it was him. Nobody knows why he was shooting. There's two other people in the area. Um, one, there's two officers, and I have both police reports here, so... One officer said there was just a man standing outside his passenger window, which is an interesting part of this story that I don't know um, anybody's really addressed. And then another officer said it was actually just two homeless people standing there. So what was what was John doing? Nobody knows. There's also marijuana in the car on his pants and on his shirt. Uh, this is just a, it's a, another troubling incident. Uh, and you detailed, of course, the, uh, the drinking aspect of it. So it was twice the legal limit. Uh, no insurance. That's a that's a big note as well. So no insurance on in the car. Uh, he was cited for as well. But the you know just dis- negligent discharge of a weapon. He's got the loaded weapon in the car. The marijuana. The the alcohol. Uh, he also had you know for those MMA fans out there, Jorge Masvidal's mezcal was what he had in the car with him. Yeah, the recuerdo. Yeah. So, so, uh, nice. so apparently he. I, I I'm almost picturing like he just had the bottle from one of the promotional events. And he's like, you know what? I got this. Let's drink this today. I, I, it's it's so it's so weird. It's, just, it's such an a, a, such a an inexplicable situation for a guy who has been through so much and endured so much of his own doing, uh, and still got to this point. And you would think that he moved on, but he's never really had to pay the price. And we'll see if he does this time. Uh, we'll see if I don't think the UFC will do anything to him. I think they'll let the legal system play itself out, but. Man, it's just time after time after time. And how many times have we said, well, John Jones insists that he's turned the corner now. And again, I, I don't think anybody has believed that, but we've just been through this so often with John Jones. Yeah. Uh, Teflon John, I think, is something I saw <laughs> going around um, yep. yesterday. Yep. Um, you know, Adam, I do have a question about those police reports. What is uh-huh. a taser video? I don't know. I, I I was looking at that too. I know there's a lapel video that should be released soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if they have a a a camera on their taser. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that'd be. We'll get that footage as well. That's going to be released 
at some point, but uh, yeah, it's it's just another you know another you know, mark on on John Jones' very troubled legacy. Yeah, and Sam, when you look at everything that's happened with him as an athlete and everything that he's going through, what do you think the UFC's best course of action would do uh, would be for him? Uh, uh, yeah, I just think at this juncture, with all, I mean, as big of a star and as bright of a star as, as John Jones is, at, at some point, um, if he, he, I mean, it's pretty clear at this point, right? He can't get out of his own way. And at some point, I think the UFC has to uh, to step in and and offer and discipline him more than they have historically. I don't know what that would look like. Like you said, Heidi, maybe strip him of his title, maybe some type of suspension. But over and over and over, I mean, I can't. He he is one of the faces of the brand, if not the face of the brand, right? So how would you, is there a way to equate this in another sport? Would it be like if Tom Brady kept messing up over and over and over again or LeBron James or, or something like that? Those things are unfathomable because those athletes have never really had any transgressions, not at all, um, out, you know, outside of the sport or whatever, or even inside the sport, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it, for, for the biggest star in a certain brand or of a certain promotion to keep getting in trouble over and over and over again. I can't, I don't know. Is there a precedent for it? I can't certainly think of one while he's still active. I don't know. Uh, but you, you feel like at some point the UFC has to step in, strip him of his title suspension. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, clearly this is a pattern. It's been happening for years. As you guys mentioned, it's part of his, you know, it's almost part of his legacy, unfortunately. And it's clear that, you know, he has some type of, um, you know, it, some type of demons that, that he can't overcome and whether it's, you know, some addiction, who knows? I'm not a doctor. I can't speak on that, but um, hopefully the UFC gets him the help he needs. And if that means, you know, suspending him for a while, then so be it. But it just, this can't keep happening. Yeah, no, I don't think this can keep happening either. But like Larry, they've stripped him now three times and then uh, he's fought right back for the title or, you know, for a vacant position, uh, the belt, because they had uh, Daniel Cormier stripped. So the title was vacant at that point. And uh, when, you know, you talk about just stripping him and then having him come back in again. Uh, I mean, it doesn't that's seem like enough. that's even, a, yeah, it's not even really yeah. a punishment anymore. So like, what, what do you think Larry about, um, you know, the stripping and then he just gets the, the title shot right away again. What do you think the UFC should do here? I mean, I, I agree that I think the, with Adam, that the UFC is going to allow the, uh, legal process to play out on him. But I think that the UFC should make an example of him for his sake. I mean, maybe stripping him and putting him on the shelf for a little while and the timeout might help him personally and let him know like, Hey man, you, you need to get yourself together here. Um, it's sad. Cause like every time he, he screws up and you know, uh, he comes back and he wins everyone's hearts over as a fighter, but you know, as a human being, he's still not a very good person. And, uh, he, you know, for himself, he, he needs to take some time and step away, uh, from the fight game and really look at himself and find out what those demons are and work on them, man. Cause you know, it sucks for us because we're missing out on one of the greatest fighters to ever probably step into the octagon. But, you know, it, it, for his sake, he needs to get well because this this is an ongoing thing, like you guys said, and I don't see it ending. I, I, I seriously don't see it ever ending unless he gets that help. Yeah, it's like when he uh, had tested positive for cocaine and those results came out, he went into rehab for one day. So to me, that's not really going and seeking out the help that you need. I know he temporarily hired a driver that was there to help him when he had um, one of these DWIs happen. But then after he fought, uh, I think it was Dominic Reyes, he's right back out partying on the scene. So it's like, you know, it's just 
you know, I, I, I think it's fun to enjoy what you have while you have it because he is young and I, that can't be an excuse for him. But at the same time, you got to carry yourself like an example when you're, you know, in possession of a title like that. And it's just hard to watch seeing somebody that really is one of the pound for pound greatest and that could really be a face that the UFC continues to build upon as, as part of their brand. But he, this stuff just keeps happening with him where it's hard to make him the face of the sport. So, and unfortunately, the face of them being the face of the sport right now, it's him getting in all this trouble. So we'll see how things turn out with this. We'll keep you updated on everything that happens involving um, this case and how its proceedings go with John Jones. Uh, as we turn to the boxing world, we look over and see a number of events that have been canceled all across the globe. Uh, one of those events notably being the Fury and Wilder third fight. Um, that's one that we haven't yet discussed here on the podcast. So Sam, uh, what do you think that they do with this fight? And where do you think, you know, as far as the postponement, where will it land in the scope of being reset? Yeah. Uh, good question, Heidi. Um, so they wanted initially just, just a little bit of a recap. Initially they were, they were eyeing July, um, mid July for the third fight. Uh, there was nothing official. They, 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 there wasn't a venue necessarily booked. There was no paperwork, but mid-July, before the whole coronavirus pandemic, w- was the target date. Um, with cor- with coronavirus, given the current climate, the current situation, that's not realistic right now uh, to, to, to do it in, in July, um, just for the safety of everybody involved. Now they're looking at October, and uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be in Las Vegas again. Um, as of right now, still in Las Vegas. No, no venue necessarily decided yet. Uh, but but even then, I mean, that's it's just given where we're at. I'm still a little skeptical. I, I, I know October is a long ways away. And you think that we can curb everything if we continue to take our precautionary measures. Hopefully we, we can get back to some type of normal, some semblance of a normal society by the fall. But I'm not so sure. Uh, October, uh, I mean, it would make sense if, if, if we can reset and, and get everything back to normal that uh, it'll have been a full eight months um, since the second fight, a chance for everybody, hopefully by that point, to have a full camp, do what they need to do get, to get ready. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. Uh, it's, it, it feels like, you know, it just feels like it feels like it was almost yesterday that we were, you know, recording the podcast right after the fight uh, on February 22nd. And, and just to see it's in barely a month how much things have changed to now where, I mean, there is no, there is no fights. There is no boxing right now, more or less. Everything's on a standstill. PBC suspended everything. Uh, through May, uh, we know the Canelo fight in the beginning of May against Billy Joe Saunders isn't happening. So, uh, like the rest of the sport, uh, Fury Wilder three. I know they have you know again a tentative date in October, but to me, that's still at a standstill until further notice. And then this kind of works as domino effects with the boxing because Anthony Joshua was hoping to get in a fight and then uh, get a shot at maybe Tyson Fury or, you know, before the end of this year. So now that's going to also postpone that and what happens with Anthony Joshua. So uh, one of the other things that is affected with boxing is if the uh, Olympics right now are on postponement. And a lot of boxers that were thinking of competing in the Olympic events as well, Adam, as wrestlers, uh, that happens a lot here with uh, UFC, MMA guys, or, you know, people who are coming up in the sport that you see them often um, still competing in wrestling. Like, you know, 
I mean, what what do you think happens in terms of the Olympics and and the names and people who might have been competing there with the sport? Um, you know, what 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 do we do now with uh, that as far as the postponement? Yeah, great question. I mean, with the Olympics, you look at at these guys, the Olympic boxers uh, have been dedicating themselves to prepare. I mean, years spent preparing for the Olympics, training, preparation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's one, one local fighter, Raheem Gonzalez. He's one of the top American amateurs. He's been number one ranked in his weight class for a couple of years now. I actually just talked to him yesterday. He was at the, the Olympic Training Center when, when everything was happening. They sent him home. And he told me, he told me yesterday, uh, using him as an example, um, he told me yesterday he's, he, he's planning on training for 2021. And he's 23. He'll be 24 this year and will be 25 by by next year's games and we know in boxing uh those years are precious those are years you don't get back and you know could he turn pro right now yeah but he told me look it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to turn pro right now because boxing is at a standstill so why not continue to train for the olympics it's been a lifelong dream for him and i know a lot of other uh, prospective olympians who are seeking to to fight for for their country's glory uh in tokyo when the olympics do happen uh so that's kind of where we're at with that uh i i I think that's kind of the attitude amongst a lot of Olympic athletes, um, not just boxing, is, look, nothing we can do. This is the right decision, postponing everything. What's one more year? And that's what Raheem told me. He said, look, what's one more year at that point? And he even mentioned, hey, maybe 2024 as well, because that's only three more years after that. If, if you're looking at the time, I mean, he's been working. He's, he, him personally has been training since 2015 for the Olympics. Uh, so if, if that's a dream that these guys have, that these fighters have, uh, then why not why not wait it out and see what can happen and what can come from it next year? But um, yeah, the the Olympic cancellation we know. I mean, the Olympics are kind of one of those transcendent events, right? I mean, they transcend you know the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl, and all these things are a global event. And that cancellation, that postponement, really, really was an eye opening type of thing that I think really speaks to the global seriousness of the coronavirus. If 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 there wasn't enough evidence out there as as is. Yeah, I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, he was one of those guys that he was in the Olympics and he had planned to quit after those Montreal Olympics. But instead, you know, he goes on to go become one of the greatest of all time. And when you think about, like you said, how short careers are in this sport or any sport, really, I mean, look at the NFL, where running backs are considered over the hill at 30, you know, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's just um, the time really, it, it's hard on a lot of careers. Um, you know, Adam, there's, uh, you know, probably wrestlers like Jordan Burroughs out there that aren't going to get the chance to compete either. Um, it will, or maybe he will, I don't know. We'll see how this postponement goes with 2021 and the Olympics being reset. But, um, you know, what's your take right now and what the athletes are feeling during this time? Yeah, I think the, the one one part of that is, you know, first of all, I think that there's a lot of guys that set their training up so much to to peak uh, at a you know at a certain time, and it's it's a four year cycle that athletes are kind of aware of, and it, it might be a little difficult to to push that back into you know to refocus to kind of take some time off. It's going to be very important to take some time off and then try to try to refocus and, and peak uh, in that way. But the other part of this is. You know, a lot of people that are athletes that are at that level have their eyes set on becoming pro either in, in their discipline or, you know, have some other, you know, some wrestlers want to go into MMA and, you know, th there's just, just different um, stages to guys that are trying to, you know, go to the Olympics and then use that to springboard into being pro and kind of have their financial future planned out in that way. So 
uh, it might be difficult for some of the people to to look a year down the road and push that whole process back a year. But uh, I think when they kind of refocus and, and, you know, take some time off here, as we said, and then think about it a little bit, it, it, it'll, it won't be as big of a deal, but I think for some of them, it, th- that one year is a bigger deal than others in terms of just planning their, their lives and their professional careers after this. And Larry, I mean, you've been a guy that's trained and worked out and, you know, competed. So for you, would you kind of welcome a break to be able to allow your body to get healthy and to be able to focus in on some things that maybe you really want to work with your skill set? Like, how would you kind of use the time away? Or would you just be hungry to get back in there and compete? I mean, what's what's uh, what's it look like on on your end? I mean, uh, as a fighter, you're always disappointed. when something doesn't fall through in a fight or cancellation, especially when you've worked, you know, a matter of, you know, however many weeks in the training camp and stuff like that. Um, There's two sides of that. I think there's, you know, if you're a younger guy, yeah, you stay on it. You stay in the gym. Like, just like if you had a fight and you continue to train um, and just wait for that call for when things are going to go back to normal as an older guy, you kind of have to sit there and question, you know, Oh man, you know, how long is this going to take? How much time do I have left? Um, so, yeah, you know, from, from the perspective of a younger fighter, yeah, you stay in the gym, you stay fresh, and you, you stay ready. And that, that's one thing that I'm interested, even with uh, UFC fighters, to see how, how guys are staying in shape right now with, with no, you, know, you know, a lot of guys have private gyms and stuff like that. But for the guys that don't, you know, how are they training? How are they staying on it and in shape and uh, waiting for that call? All right, everybody, that'll do it here for us on the RJ Ringside podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. We uh, have new episodes still coming out at you every week. So you're going to want to keep up with us here on reviewjournal.com slash podcast. That's where you can find all of our free podcasts and just hit subscribe where you're listening to keep up with us here. Uh, We love hearing from you guys as well. So if you're subscribed and everything, leave us some comments on social media. You can find us all at Larry Muir at by Sam Gordon at Adam Hill LVRJ and I'm at Heidi Fang for all of the guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.